It is St. Patty's Day. It's touch and go on whether I will be part of this broadcast as I see my Wi-Fi going up and down and, and disappearing on me. Uh, my name is Kevin Joseph. I'm a good Scottish boy with a good Irish name. Uh, happy St. Patty's Day if you have been uh, celebrating. Um, uh, this is If you're listening to the podcast version with a hangover, I, I hope you had a great time. Um, but uh, we're here to talk mix and... Uh, uh-oh. We might uh -oh. see ringsies. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Kevin and I are Twinkies today, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I haven't been a Twinkie in a very long time. I'm a bear at best. Okay. <laughs> and you froze again. So, um, your internet's being weird. I'm going to talk for a little bit and uh, we'll get we'll get things kicked off here uh, in in just a moment but uh, Kevin's internet's being weird Kevin you might want to pop out and pop back in or see if that helps because you're totally frozen but uh, while he's working on that uh, you guys are stuck with me so sorry about that um, but uh, we're gonna talk to some uh, creators tonight uh, we've got two amazing creators in the house uh, we've got uh, Madeline Holly Rosing Rosing I always mispronounce your name. I'm sorry about Rosing. that. Rosing. Yes, it's Rosing. Uh, Rosing. And uh, she's here with uh, Boston Metaphysical Society. And then we've got West Gift uh, with Hard Justice. So welcome, both of you. Um, what we typically do is we start off with a quick elevator pitch uh, for your project. You know, like a 30-second, if someone's walking past your uh, table at a con, you know, short of having a big, really long cane and grabbing them by the neck and jerking them over, you know, Mm -hmm. How would you get their attention? And Wes, let's 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 kick it off with uh, Hard Justice. Yeah, so Hard Justice uh, tells the story of two guys, Saint and Rex, uh, when criminals rise up to take control of their beloved city, Paradise Bay. Um, they decide that they're going to take matters into their own hands, using their fists uh, to put uh, criminals uh, to put a stop to the criminal activity. So it's lethal weapon meets double dragon. Cool. Sounds awesome. All right. And uh, rookie mistake maker. That's cool. Uh, Madeline, yes. <laughs> um, what can you tell us about uh, Boston Metaphysical Society? Well, it's about an ex-Pinkerton detective, a spirit photographer, and a genius scientist who battles supernatural forces in late 1800s Boston. So as you could probably tell from that, it's a, a steampunk supernatural series with a uh, uh, a mystery detective twist involved. Uh, and I'm, though in this series I'm doing mystery at Pikes Peak, I'm moving them from Boston to Colorado Springs. Cool. Well, excellent. I believe our patron saint is back now, Kevin Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 the rookie mistake is I had Facebook up. I was looking, I was trying to find the video thing. I had Facebook up, but I'm looking at my Wi-Fi and it is teetering up on the edge of falling off cliff. Uh, I'm still not <laughs> drinking, but I'm starting to have my bud zero because gosh darn it. I, I may just be listening and uh, enjoying your talk. Um, I, I'm going to get more on Hard Justice. I heard I heard Double Dragon, which I'm in. I heard Die Hard, which I'm in. I've been in on Boston Metaphysical for about three years now. So um, let's let's dive into Boston Metaphysical. I, I, uh oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, no. well, <laughs> he's going to sit back and watch. So. Uh, in, in in the spirit of Kevin, uh, let's let's take a deep dive into Boston Metaphysical, and we can do this a couple of ways, Madeline. Uh, I can uh, share the screen for you, or you can actually present one of your Chrome tabs, so you have control of uh, presenting that your page, your Kickstarter page. Oh, you're you're welcome to do it because okay. I'm yeah yeah it's fine. I'm not doing it. <laughs> probably probably wise. Probably for the best, Kevin. Probably for the best. All right. Uh, one moment, and I will get that pulled up. And let's see here. Present screen share. So if you want to go ahead and start, uh, we can just kind of take a deep dive. You know, we can look at, um, I mean, this is your, you're kind of on your this, third volume of the series, right? Is that Yeah, that this correct? is the third volume. Um, the, uh, it started off as original six issue miniseries with art by Emily Hugh. Mm -hmm. And 
that's volume one, which I also refer to as the, uh, com the complete original series. And then I did four standalone sequels with art by Gwen Tavares and compiled that into what I now, you know, is known as volume two. Each of those volumes have uh, additional stories which are, are exclusive to those trades. And Mystery of Pikes Peak is a four issue miniseries. What we're doing here is funding the first two issues. Uh, we're doing a few things differently here that I've never done before. Uh, one, we're doing variant covers and we're also doing metal covers uh, of the variant covers. Uh, the first two there, yeah, those are our main covers by Angela Wu. Mm -hmm. Um, she'd done some work for Skies of Fire, uh, Ray Chow over at Mythiopia. Oh, mm -hmm. And she's just doing an amazing job. It's, it's been wonderful working with her. And uh, actually, we have a whole new team. Uh, Elizabeth McKedza is doing the interior art. You see some of that there. And mm -hmm. Katie Brown is our colorist. Troy nice. Pateri is back on board as our letterer. Uh, he's been with me forever, so I can't imagine life without him. <laughs> um, that's the uh, cover of volume one with a cover by Roberta Ingranata. Mm -hmm. And she may sound familiar to you because she does uh, Doctor Who for Titan Comics. Oh, cool. And that's the cover of volume two, uh, which was done by Marguerite Savage, who has uh, done Archie. She's done a ton of stuff. She's amazing. And Roberta Ingranata also did a, uh, a short 10-page story for that. Excellent. The, the variant covers, the first one there is by Rio Burton. Did a marvelous job. And the second oh, yeah. is by Steph C. And those uh, are available, obviously, but also um, as metal covers as well. And those mm -hmm. are limited to 25. I have to say that the Rio Burton one as an add-on they're, they're available in two places, as an add-on or in a reward tier. Um, as an add-on, the Rio Burton is currently sold out. Um, and we have uh, other rewards like the, uh, <laughs> the audio drama. Uh -huh. You want to scroll down a little bit more? Yeah. Yeah, that is a separate story that takes place during the time period of the original six issue miniseries. And as you guys probably know, I do a different pin for every single uh, Kickstarter. It's just become a thing now, people collect them. So this is one of the Tesla coil. Uh, the design is done, done by Alejandro Lee and you can get a, a, the full current set as well. Cool. Yeah, for lapel pin, for pin people, this is like a thing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I have a prequel novel and a prequel anthology of short stories and novellas. So if you you know you need your prose fix and your graphic novel fix, you can you can do both. Nice. And then um, you've got let's see story behind the story, the usual money thing, mm -hmm. international. Yeah, we have, we're doing add-ons with Kickstarter for the first time. So you can add on um, the audio drama CD, uh, a digital download uh, without commercials, um, the, uh, the Tesla coil pin, and um, the, uh, the variant covers. Mm -hmm. And this is just, it goes more into the team of the, of the different volumes as we've changed over the years. Uh, a fan reminded me last year, which so startled me, Last year was our 10th anniversary. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, it was our, our 10th anniversary. So we've we've been, usually we've had a, a new issue or a new volume out every year for the last 10 years. <laughs> that's that's amazing. So, you know, as far as, you know, you've, you've talked some steampunk, you've got, uh, you know, a, a, I guess not really Victorian, but kind of in that era. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going in the on era. As well. Yeah, uh -huh. it's Boston Metaphysical is um, more steampunk-ish than mm -hmm. steampunk. And it is an alternate history. Uh, for those who are unfamiliar, it takes place in what I call the great states of America, not the United States of America. It's extremely hierarchical. And the government is a 
um, parliamentary oligarchy, uh, and it's you know run by wealthy families. Oh, so like today, and right? We're, we're <laughs> like, unfortunately, we're yeah, kind of going that way. That was, that was your fault, Madeline. Yeah. I've apparently so. <laughs> apparently, that's my fault. Well, what uh, what has kind of drawn you to this this era and and these and, and these characters? I mean, you keep coming back to them. It's you know you've you, you you seem to really like to play in this world that you've created. So what what is it about it that really appeals to you? Well, one, it's it's a really huge world that I've developed, and it keeps expanding all the time. But one one of the several reasons I I chose this time period is. In the late 1800s was a time of incredible change uh, in the great states or the United States uh, mm -hmm. in America. Uh, you know, cultural, social, technological. So many things were changing that it was really uprooting social norms. You know, technology. So it was for me as a writer, it was rife for organic conflict. Because everywhere you turned, something was changing. And you know, if something changed, it's going to piss somebody off. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> you know, somebody. Um, oh, that's a good uh, yeah. question. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't trust my mic, so I put it in the banners. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, was Mystery of Pikes Peak always part of the BMS outline? Or have you found... Oh, it went away too oh, fast. Or have sorry. you found this new story as the series went on? This was kind of hinted at that it was going to go to uh, Tesla's experimental station um, at the end of our first uh, standalone sequel, The Scourge of the Mechanical Men. But I didn't have this quite, I didn't have the story. And so by the time I finished those sequels and I had done the audio drama, I actually kind of pulled uh, elements from the audio drama and from one of my short stories that are sort of like seated within as, as reference. And, and some of my earlier stuff, uh, like um, A Storm of Secrets from the novel. So it, it was kind of, I kind of had the idea of like, you know, we could go there someday, but I didn't have the exact story at the time I was originally thinking about it. It wasn't until I realized, you know, at the end of the four sequels that, you know, it, it might be fun to bring Tesla back in. You know, mm -hmm. let's let's go back into Tesla's world and uh, the experimental station. And also it was a great way to introduce uh, other dynamics within their world because they're outside of the urban area, you know, the northeast. Mm -hmm. And so I'm able to take not only myself, but my characters outside of their comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of this stuff is like new to them. And I integrate some real history with, obviously this is all fictional, mm -hmm. but some of the things that are happening. And the one main difference here that uh, differs from actual history is I posited, what if the Chinese Exclusionary Act never happened? how would what would the west coast look like mm -hmm. and so we actually begin to see a glimpse of uh great house chow because we meet uh uh mai hui chow from the from california who's working with tesla and the politics and the dynamics of how uh the different houses from different regions in the country are dealing with each other Sometimes it's good and sometimes not so good. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Now, you mentioned, you know, last year was your 10th anniversary. Yeah. Uh, do you have plans yet for the 20th? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you told me 10 years ago this is where I'd be, I'd go like, you're crazy. You're nuts. That's just not, yeah. not going to happen. Um, no, it's it's I kind of have a broad sense of, of where I want to do. There's other projects I want to do other than Boston Metaphysical. Um, uh, and I'd love to get to them, but, you know, I have to find the time and, yep, absolutely. Uh, and, and this is a project <laughs> that basically helps support 
other projects. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I understand. Well, and uh, just as a quick, because I always like to mention this, you've actually written a book on Kickstarter. Yes. Uh, and how to use Kickstarter for comics, which is amazing, by the way. Thank you for all that great advice. And um, you, uh, you practice what you preach. You've, you're putting it to work and, uh, you know, doing, doing the job, doing the Kickstarter yeah. work. <laughs> yeah, trust me, I'm just as scared as everybody else when you click on that launch button. Because as soon as you click on that launch, but even me, you see the big fat zeros. Mm, yes. Like, when are they going to move? And then <laughs> what if like, nobody okay. backs it? <laughs> and, and then it's like, okay, time to go to work. And then, mm -hmm. you know, everything you've put in place, you know, in pre-launch, that's when you start, you know, that starts coming in and doing that. Do you feel you're veering away, veering farther away from accuracy as you move forward in time and story, or you stay as close to history now as you did with volume one? Um, I'm probably trying to stay relatively close. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, just because it, it provides grounding for the story mm -hmm. and relatability. So, I mean, obviously there's going to be, you know, there's going to be changes, but there'll, there'll be little things that you'll see in the background that actually occurred. And, mm -hmm. but they're not the focus of the story. They're, they're just to enrich your experience. Gotcha. Uh, Shawnee uh, Myers. Hey, Shawnee, uh, one of our regular viewers. She says the big fat zeros can be very intimidating. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, uh, as far as uh, I mean, you've mentioned your you've got uh, you know variant covers for the first time for this campaign, so you know trying something new there. You and some of them are going to be metal. You'll have metal versions of those as well. Yes. Is there any particular um, reward tier that uh, you want to point out to someone, or is that you're particularly proud of? Uh, you know, besides the entire book, I know, but uh, is there <laughs> is there something that you want to highlight uh, on the on the on the project um uh probably the the four covers reward mm -hmm. tier um where you get you know you get all four so you get the the two main covers by angela and um you know you get the two variants so you get all the pretties very cool the <laughs> and then if you like if you're big on pins you can add on the pin um mm -hmm. and the audio drama as well uh, so there's, there's lots of cool things. Steph's did. That's so beautiful. <laughs> I mean, your covers, uh, your main covers look fabulous, but then your variants are also spectacular. I mean, Rio Burton's cover is amazing. Um, you know, you, you're using that for the project image, which is you know, extraordinarily eye catching. So yeah, yeah I love, I love the look over, you know, Caitlin looking over the shoulder and, and, the lightning all around her really evokes also what's going on in the story. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, it, yeah, they all did a tremendous job. Excellent. Well, all right. That sounds good. So I think at this point, um, we're going to slide over into good some Wes. hard justice. If that sounds good, Wes, welcome, sir. And, you. uh, I'm going to share your screen in just a moment. I'm going to stop sharing here and see could if I, I can ask, figure this out. Could I ask Madeline a question real quick? Sure. Sure. Madeline, you mentioned that you wrote a book about running Kickstarters for comics. Where could one find this book? Yes. It is called Kickstarter for the Independent Creator. Okay. It is on Amazon and all ebook platforms. And be sure to get the one with the green cover. Green. Green, green, green. Okay. green. That is the second edition. Um, one of these days I will update that uh, just because Kickstarter, it's constantly evolving. I mean, sure. they just started what, putting images on yesterday? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know, and the add on feature, which I know the last couple of years has been kind of rough in the background and when I'm, you know, talking to people. Um, so this is the first time I've come on board with the Kickstarter add-ons because I think they've, I don't like to be the beta tester for anything. <laughs> <laughs> so I let other, wait till they work out the bugs and then I, and then I come on board. 
but all of the uh, basic strategies you need is is all there. Mm -hmm. Okay, thanks a lot. All right, well, Wes, I've got uh, I've got the page shared here. So, what can you tell us about hard justice? You know, we, we heard your elevator pitch. Now let's uh, let's take a deep dive. Sure. So, uh, on your own time, folks, there is a really cool video for my campaign. You can check out. Yeah. Well, if you just want to scroll down, I'll stop you. Um, when we get to certain parts. So first off, right off the bat, this is uh, cover A. This is by my artist, Bryce O'Quay. Um, and if you're a uh, classic gamer fan, like uh, like myself and my team, uh, this cover uh, is an homage to the, uh, the box art of Double Dragon 2. So, you know, classic video games like Double Dragon, Streets of Rage, River City Ransom, uh, were heavy influences uh, on this story. Um, so Bryce, uh, when we talked about covers, um, he said, you know, I want to really pull on that, uh, that Double Dragon vibe. So that was the inspiration for uh, our cover A that you see here on your screen in front of you. And well, if you want to scroll down a little bit more, uh, we should have some pages that... Uh, awesome. that we can see. Yeah, so here's some of our pages. So Hard Justice is a 33-page uh, black and white American Standard comic. Um, so uh, the, this features our one of our main characters, Saint. Um, he basically infiltrates a casino party on a riverboat because the uh, the owner uh, there in the center here, Robbie Redman, has he's throwing this party for nefarious purposes. And so Saint arrives on the scene to bust it up and put an end to all of it. Of course, it, uh, you know, stopping a party run by a bunch of criminals on a riverboat is not going to come easy. So Robbie Redman has got some some bodyguard assassins uh, here that uh, is going to protect him. But obviously, Saint is prepared for that uh, and takes care of him. So uh, that features Saint. Uh, this first page uh, of this section of the story, um, this is where Rex comes on scene. He's basically uh, shopping for groceries, and this this gang comes in to just cause trouble. Uh, he doesn't stand for that. So, uh, but my creative team, so Bryce O'Quay is a friend of mine. Um, he's done some work for uh, Z2 Comics. Uh, my uh, letterer is Taylor Esposito, who has lettered, gosh, for every publisher that's out there. <laughs> um, and then uh, right here, you see, this is our variant cover. We only have one variant cover, uh, but this is by uh, Justin Stewart, uh, who has frequently collaborated with uh, Jim Mafood. Um, he's done work for Marvel and Image. Um, and again, back to the whole video game inspiration, this is a, a swipe of the Double Dragon 1 uh, cover art. Um, you know, so uh, again, leaning heavily into that Double Dragon vibe. So uh, let's see, what else can I tell you about this? Uh, scroll down a little bit more, Will. Okay. Mind, please. Okay. So yeah, now I can talk about some of the rewards that we have. So right here is our is our logo. Um, that is a uh, we're going to offer that as a die cut sticker is one of the rewards that we have. Um, a buddy of mine, uh, Jay Hammond, designed these trading cards uh, uh, for us. So we've got a trading card of Saint. We've got a trading card of our other hero, Rex Sampson. Um, oh, and this is exciting. So um, uh, uh, there's been a a project on Kickstarter uh, for a while now um, called Blood Force Trauma by two guys, um, uh, Jake Smith and Hiram Corbett. Uh, Jake Smith is the artist, and I've been a big fan of this Kickstarter uh, that they've run for the last last year, year and a half. Uh, but I fell in love with the art style and Blood Force Trauma. I reached out to Jake and I said, "Hey, is there any any openings in your um, in your schedule to do a pinup?" uh for hard justice and he said absolutely so i simply told him here are my two characters have fun and this is what he came back with was like this movie poster style pinup um of our two characters and some bad guys so this is one of the pinups we're going to offer um in our kickstarter the next is uh, another pinup so uh hard justice is influenced by video games i played growing up and action movies i watched growing up so this pinup is an homage to the Sylvester Stallone, Kurt Russell classic, uh, Tango and Cash. Uh, okay. so we replaced those two actors with our with our two characters. Uh, my friend Tyler Ryder did this for us. So this is another pinup uh, we're going to offer. So uh, 
you know, very exciting. We hit our funding goal very quickly, and now we're working towards um, stretch goals. So I mentioned that uh, the story itself is 33 pages, and uh, so we're going to add on three pages to make it a grand total of 36, and those three extra pages will have bonus behind-the-scenes content. Bryce has got a bunch of character sketches he can add, uh, thumbnails, pencil sketches, uh, script pages that I've written. But when the campaign closes, we're going to run a poll and let all of our backers choose what they want to see in that behind-the-scenes content. So we're going to let our, our backers choose how we fill up uh, those last three pages. Uh, and, and so we've unlocked the bonus content. Uh, this morning, we just unlocked the digital uh, comics bundle that Bryce and I are putting together. We've got some other uh, pro comics projects we've done, uh, and we have some other friends and, and, and collaborators that are uh, contributing to that digital bundle as well. Every backer will receive that uh, that indie bundle of digital comics. So, after uh, the next stretch goal we're working towards is four thousand. We basically got uh, more stickers, more pinups. Uh, I do want to point out something: uh, if we manage to hit the five thousand dollars stretch goal. I don't have a picture of this on the screen, Will, but um, I'm going to try to show this on camera. So our $5,000 stretch goal is a custom-printed Hard Justice coin. Um, oh, cool. That uh, that a friend of mine. So it's got the Hard Justice logo on this side. It's kind of hard to see. But the flip side, we're going to put a QR code sticker on the back so that um, anybody who makes a physical play or pledges for a physical reward for Hard Justice They'll, if we hit that stretch goal, they'll get this coin. It'll have a QR code on the back, and they can always keep up with us uh, because we plan. So the plan for Hard Justice, um, it would be great to to have Madeline's longevity for Hard Justice, but for right now, <laughs> we're planning uh, five issues. Uh, this is issue one, um, and so uh, you know to prepare for this Kickstarter. I mean, I've already funded the production costs for issue one. So everything we raise in this campaign will go towards printing issue one, shipping issue one to all of our backers, and then everything else is going towards production for issue two. Because, you know, we've got the hard justice train rolling. We want to keep it rolling. Excellent. Well, uh, so you've, uh, you know, you've, you've mentioned gaming, uh, you know, action movies. Uh, is... Are you going to explore more of, of, of that? Are you going to go into other things from, you know, that, that you're interested in, uh, you know, in the five issues? What's uh, what do you uh, what what can we expect in the in the next in this issue and, you know, subsequent issues as you finally make it to number five? Sure, sure. So we're going to kind of keep it in that vein of, you know, inspirations of video games and movies um, mm -hmm. for the first five issues. After those first five issues, um, of course, you know, as we're working on this, we're always brainstorming other things we could do. Um, and we might take a different direction after the first five issues. Um, but so what can you expect? So uh, what you find out uh, in issue one is that there is one crime lord uh, that uh, that they're on the pursuit for in issue one. And, and Saint and Rex, you know, they both have, have this idea that they want to clean up the city and protect it. Uh, and they find out that, you know, they're each looking for the same guy. Okay. But of course, you know, there's a criminal hierarchy in the city of paradise Bay. So if they take out somebody, chances are there's somebody above them that they were reporting to. So it's not just, you know, issue one, they get the bad guy and that's it. You know, they're, they're starting to unravel this big criminal web conspiracy. So uh, with each issue, they dive a little bit deeper into this criminal underworld until they finally get the big bad, uh, which would be at the you know at the end of in uh, issue five, as as every video game has, you go little boss to big, ba big exactly. boss, big boss, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, Kevin, you're back. Sorry, yeah, Yay, Kevin's back. I, I, I knew I was going to do about seven words there. I thought I could get them out. <laughs> <laughs> it, this is going to be a great podcast for me because I can you know re-listen to it and have no idea what anyone said for. 83 <laughs> percent of the show so thank you guys for bearing with me i really appreciate yeah. it yeah so um as uh, kevin and i talk a lot uh you know offline and in uh, and we talk a lot with you know kind of our circle of creator friends that uh you know we're we're in contact with regularly um have you have either of you noticed 
anything different on Kickstarter, you know, this for this launch as as opposed to previous launches? Uh, you know, obviously they've done some new things, but you know, is it are you doing better than you expected? Are you doing worse than you expected, or about the same? How how have your experience has been? You know, with this, these launches. Who wants to start? <laughs> well, if, if, so if I could interject, um, sure. this is actually my first comic book, my first ever Kickstarter campaign. Oh, I, awesome! Um, and and you're blowing, you're blowing out of that is, you know what? Honestly, you're doing really well. Past your funding goal and your first campaign and kicking butt, going on things. That is amazing, Wes. Good job. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Congratulations. Thank you. So me, I'm the type of person that, you know, I'm a planner. I have to be organized. Um, uh, I guess so some things I've learned that were helpful is, you know, I'm a brand new comics creator on the scene. Um, I've heard people talk about building your audience. Um, you know, I'm brand new. I don't have an audience. So I had my uh, thank you, Shawnee. Shawnee gave me a congrats <laughs> over here. Um, I had I had my pre-launch page up for three months and for three months i just talked about it i pushed it i promoted it um and i slowly saw my follower count growing over time um i looked at other kickstarters to see you know what were they doing well you know what are some things i like that i want to include in mine uh what are some things they were doing while their campaign was running to, to kind of mimic and kind of have that uh that same behavior and hopefully that same success so it's I mean, uh, it's not stealing; it's modeling successful behavior. Modeling yeah. successful behavior. I like that. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I mean, Wes, you you do everything that I always talk about with people, and that you need to go study other campaigns, not only successful ones but also unsuccessful ones. So mm -hmm. you see what their page doesn't have, or the rewards don't have, and I see some. Uh, kickstarters on right now that are are struggling because they have like the reward tiers go from ten dollars to 50 mm -hmm. and there's no 25 35 that that nice little happy spot which people are comfortable giving mm -hmm. sure. and 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 that's because i'm i look at it, i said you know they should be doing so much better like what's wrong and i went like oh <laughs> yeah. This, yeah, this is why and even a uh a gentleman who i used to actually teach uh crowdfunding courses here locally in los angeles i don't do that anymore I, I just don't have time but a gentleman um who took one of my classes years ago contacted me says i'm gonna gonna launch something we you promised to look at my page i said sure well the first page he showed me was just awful and I told him that I said, you did one thing right, but the rest, this is just not going to work and your price points aren't working. And so I said, this is some ideas what you can do. He went back. He, he did a great job of refurbishing this thing. I mean, just amazing. And, uh, and he's successful. He's, he has like four days ago. He's doing very well. Um, but yeah, it's really important to, you know, your reward tiers, making sure that a uh, page looks presentable. It, it's almost like a type of grant proposal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I think people, you know, I think people tend to forget that, that this is a business and you need to present your project very clearly. Like I always tell people always right at the top underneath your video, tell me what this money is for. Tell me what you're doing here. Tell me that this is to print a 200-page uh, full-color graphic novel with dotted whatever. And I'll go like, okay, this is a reasonable amount to ask. This is what they're asking. I'll read a little more. If I have to go look for that, you've lost me. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, and your your point about the going from 10 to 50 is such a great point. I've been on campaigns that I wanted to back for more, but if if I'm I'm super happy to back 20 or 25 sometimes um but uh, but not 50 often. So yeah. you you certainly want to give me the chance to go from 5 to 10, 10 to 25, 25 to 35. 
you know, you know, that, that you, you have to give people yeah. those, those, and yeah. some people will go up during the campaign as they get to know you better and trust mm -hmm. you better yes. during the campaign. Yeah. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And for those of us who pledge to a lot of campaigns, you have to have that, um, you know, that kind of like, go get them kind of pledge where it's like a $5 or a $7 mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. you're backing so many people and you want to support them, but you do have a budget. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have a monthly budget for Kickstarters and when it's done, it's done. But, mm -hmm. you know, I try to spread the love as much as I can, but sure. <laughs> you know, that's why I love those one. I have very little space. So digital is usually my go-to mm -hmm. and so it's like, give me a decent price on a, a digital and I'm, I'm in. Yeah. Gotcha. And, and Wes has a great, just a $5 introductory PDF, which I think is a great, oh, great perfect. Mid, midpoint and, and stuff like that. Will and I, you know, one of the things we do is we, we don't invite people on the show that we don't plan to back. So yeah, it's this is the last year we've definitely been pushing our our backing numbers up into <laughs> so, some numbers that we didn't expect to see, but um, it's fabulous and 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 fun to do. But yeah, I'm doing many fewer forty five and fifty dollar pledges now. I'm doing mm -hmm. many more five to fifteen dollar pledges. Uh, yeah. You know, but but I, I I love doing it and and I. It's just neat to see these campaigns. Like Wes, this is your first campaign, and you're doing great. In, what Thank a you. month, a month, two months, three months. I don't know who you're printing with. You're gonna have your first comic book in your hands. How are like how exciting is that? Oh, that's gonna be insanely exciting, uh, especially <laughs> because uh, this, I mean, this whole hard justice process started two years ago. Um, I. Uh, was at a show uh, in West Virginia, met Kyle Starks. Um, I had written some shorter comic stories, uh, but I asked him, I said, you know, what does it take for me, a writer who has no artistic skill, what would it take for me to get into the industry, to break in? And he says, you have to have a book. You have to show that you have a book and you can make a book and, you know, put it in people's hands. Um, so I had two separate stories that I combined into, into one to make hard justice and, you know, uh, lengthened it up to make a full book. So for two years, I've been working towards that book. And here in June, I'm going to have that book in my hands and it's going to be, you know, it's going to make this whole process worth That's it. Great. So. so in, in indie comics, we call two years, one fifth of a holly. One fifth of a holly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's, I mean, you're well. You're making comics. Guess what? You're in comics now. Congratulations. Yeah. You are. You. <laughs> no, it's it's. You did all the hard work, and that was very smart to uh, set up your launch page three months ahead of time. I mean, I had the it, when I first started out, I self-funded my first three issues, and the, my first issue, I did like a special perfect bound only printed like 200 copies and then i would go to cons with a friend of mine we shared a table and i just had my one little book <laughs> <laughs> and but you put the the mailing list sign up sheet right there mm -hmm. and have little postcards or something and and that's how i started and i and and built an audience and i used to go to like 20 cons a year and but I don't do that anymore. I don't. <laughs> That's insane. I do about maybe nine, nine to ten. But uh, Shawnee no. is, is asking you, Mandela, uh, Madeline, to come to talk to some of the researchers at our university to help them uh, in their grant, their grant writing. Are, are you available for that? I know you're not doing the Kickstarter class anymore. Well, grant writing, of uh, my understanding, it's. Well, I used to do some as a, uh, I used to be a marketing director in another life and I have done some and they're, they're actually very difficult because they tend to be very dry. Uh, mm -hmm. But the kicker there is you, you need to write it in um, the present tense ah. because it makes it more immediate. Mm, yes. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I know one thing that Wes told me as it popped on, tomorrow is the first comic convention that he's ever going to exhibit at. A lot of firsts. You don't have hard justice. What are you going to have at the con? Uh, hard justice flyers, hard justice swag, um, <laughs> anything and everything I can hard justice I can put on the table to get people's attention. So, so you're going to be trying to push the Kickstarter at the show. Yes. Don't forget that mailing list. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'll work on that before I go to bed. Oh yeah. It just it, it you don't need anything fancy. Just get it like a, a a Word or Excel spreadsheet with lines on it and throw it on the table. Okay. <laughs> do you have a, a mailing list that you do you have one right now that you send to, you know, on a regular semi-regular basis? I do not know. That's something I need to to break into and, and start doing. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely something to to start doing and cons are a great place. Um, you know, have have something to give people for anything, anybody who who joins, whatever that may be. Um, you know, can't you you can you can have um Tiny candy in a bowl, but you can have like nice Snickers in the back, <laughs> and the nice Snickers like go to people who join the the mailing list. Um, okay, and underneath but, the table. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and when you do your surveys, when you do your surveys, one of the questions you have to ask people is, "Hey, it, would you would you like to hear more about hard justice? Can I put you on my mailing list?" And you know, maybe half the people say yes, maybe half the people say no, but you've got one hundred and ten backers. Even if half say yes, that's 55 people to put on your list who have exactly. already stood up and said, I want hard justice. Mm -hmm. It is the, yeah. the, the meat and potatoes of your mailing list is going to come from Kickstarter anyway. Okay. So it's not the worst. It, you would always love to have a great mailing list coming in, but it's not the worst thing to seed it with these great backers that you already have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're on a very nice trajectory here. Well yeah. done. Thank you. Yeah. And there's there's lots. Have you researched, uh, you know, mailing list stuff yet? Uh, there's lots of different providers. You know, Tiny Letter, MailChimp, uh, Substack. There's all kinds of them out there. MailChimp is the one I've heard most often. So, mm -hmm. I mean, as of right now, that's probably one I'm going to lean towards and go with. So, I just I think it's uh, I actually set it take up. A look, take a look. MailChimp is doing some weird things right now. Um, oh, okay. They're starting to cut off people uh at 500 subscribers and then you uh, then it becomes paid mm. i think i've been sort of grandfathered in i don't know it's it's been weird um because they haven't dinged me yet um because it used to be up to 2000 and uh check out sender sender okay I'm right sender and what is it send in blue there's and there's mm. mailer light I've heard of that one, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's send in blue, mailer light, and then I was just reading up about sender as well. Because yeah. I'm thinking of change, I'm thinking of moving over. Yeah. There's also sendy, but it is not, which I also use for a separate purposes. Um, you need some IT backend ISP knowledge, and uh, I have my web host to deal with that because they use the Amazon servers. Uh, it's extraordinarily cheap to send tens of thousands of emails through, but it's never going to be as pretty as say MailChimp or sender. They it's a, what you see is what you get. They don't have any pretty templates or anything like that. Okay. So yeah, do, yeah. do a little, do a little research on research that. and and definitely at this at the beginning stages yeah. try to do it on on free or or cheap i i yep. use convert yes. kit because i had gotten my list up to multiple thousands it's actually now down below where i could have gone back to mailchimp for free but uh, i also started hearing those rumblings that uh they were taking away some of the stuff so yeah what, whatever it is but try not to put you, too much money into it to start, but eventually, yeah. it, it's 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 a good um, it's a good investment to have a nice email list. And here's the thing: when, when you start doing an email list, almost everyone I did this. Your first thought is, I'm never going to email buddy, people unless I've got something to tell them. Well, then you're only going to email them about three or four times a year when you have to sell something. And then they're just going to know Wes is the guy who only 
ever emails me <laughs> when he has something to sell. Yeah. So some rhythm of once a month, twice a month. You don't have to do it every week. I'm Wes. This is what I'm reading. This is what I'm watching. This is what I'm writing. Let him get to know you so that when three months from now, Hard Justice 2 is ready to kickstart, you send that email and people know who you are and they're ready to get back. So uh, don't be afraid to email people. That's They've signed up for it. They've said yes. And guess what? Only eight to twelve percent are going to open the email anyway. So you're not you're not um, bothering anybody because a lot of people aren't going to open your email. So don't be mad about that either. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I only do mine once a month, and I usually I just do you know whatever the update what I'm working on or uh, you know if what I'm thinking about working on uh, you know like when I made the Lady Mechanica announcement like you guys know I was did a story for Lady Mechanica and, you know, cause that was kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, it is. That is kind of a big deal. Yeah. Kind of a big deal. Uh, but I also, I do reviews for fan base press. So I pop in a couple of my reviews. Uh, if I'm doing a podcast, uh, occasionally I'll do something called a monthly rant, which could be about anything. And I put anything in there of uh, recipes like, I use Kodiak, uh, I don't know, is it Kodiak mixes? Any like Kodiak hacks for muffins or something? And I read it to one guy at a con who said, I love your newsletter. I want more Kodiak hacks because I feed them to my kids. <laughs> that is awesome. Okay. Joe, and, Joe, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I apologize. Or um, what was the other thing? Oh, we were debating. My husband and I, eventually we want to get an EV and you know, I've been getting back and forth. And so, you know, wondering how long my diesel is going to last. I have an 11 year old VW diesel, which is great, but some, maybe it's 12 now. At some point, those plastic bits in it are going to fall apart. So, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, we're looking at EVs and so I'm, you know, I'm going off on EVs and then people are emailing back about their experiences with their EVs. And so, you know, it, it, it make it, make it fun. Um, as one fan of mine told me, he says, yeah, it's like my Thursday afternoon at work, five to seven minute read Mm -hmm. where he's just kind of chilling. It's almost the end of the day. He reads through it. Oh, and I also add like a couple of fun articles, Mm -hmm. um, which can, I think the latest one, which was this week was how they found a Jurassic moth at Walmart in the Midwest. In Arkansas. Yeah. So, you know, I had this picture of the Jurassic moth. (laughs) That's awesome. Joey's in the comments. Joey Galvez of the Geek Collective is in the comments saying HubSpot has a great form integration for WordPress. So just in your research, check out uh, HubSpot. And I know Joey really wants me to tell you that when you're trying to figure out how you're going to send these these uh, comics, that if you are going to send them in a Gemini mailer, which we I recommend, Will recommends, because it keeps them up, you can get them at their website and use Geek Collective 10, and you can get 10% off your order. So I know Joey really wants me to say that, <laughs> because why why not get 10% off? Sure. Keep reminding me about that, because I use the Uline S165s, which actually been really good. Mm-hmm. They've been excellent. Um, they're a little cheaper, but between, because I buy them in bulk, because mm-hmm. I send out a lot of comics. Between that and the volume I'm getting, I think the price is going to be the same. Yeah, Will and I have started keeping the the uh, Gemini's that we get from. We're keeping your. I'm keeping your U line. I'm keeping Will's Gemini's. I've got them in the garage and I'm re- reducing, reusing and recycling the Gemini's and w- Will actually asked his mailing list, do you have an issue with it? And it was something like no one said they had an issue. 30% said they didn't care and 70% said yes, reuse the Gemini's. So, yeah, um, you know, cutting into cardboard use and saving saving a couple bucks as well. Absolutely. And, and that's a good and that's a good thing that you can also you know, you can survey your readers, you know, Hey, mm-hmm. you know, this is what we're going to think we're about doing. So, 
you know, it doesn't have to be you just talking to them. It can be, you know, asking for feedback on this or that, you know, we're going to change the logo and make it purple this time. You like purple or you like green, you know, or, you know, anything like that. So it's, you can, you can vary kind of the, the intents of each of your messages, you know, as you do them, you know, every week, two weeks, monthly, however, you know, often you want to do it. So yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. And Mm -hmm. talking to your, talking to your readers is great, especially when they talk back. Yeah. (laughs) I, uh, I have one bit of unsolicited advice, take it or leave it. You do not have to, you had said you were thinking of, um, when you break, when you break this next stretch goal and you add the three pages, uh, surveying your readers about what to add. Um, I would definitely put a very strong deadline on that of a week okay. where yes. if they yeah. want to be helping you decide, they have to answer within a week of that. Good idea. You, you don't want this to stretch into a month of waiting for what your back matter is and, and delaying mm-hmm. your fulfillment. Um, sure. I've, I've, I've had issues where I've been asking people something and, and realizing I'm going to be late or, you know, getting closer to being late because of it. So you real hard deadline and a real short deadline. Um, okay. So they know to, if they want to be in, in the decision-making, they have to be in it immediately. Sure. Oh, Good. and um, uh, I, uh, I chat with uh, MK Palmer pretty regularly. Uh, she is on the ball with uh, Meraki and, and all that. So I'm, mm-hmm. it, it's nice to hear what she's doing and all her ideas. And she, said something to me and I just went, that is so freaking obvious. Why, why have I not thought of that? She said, why don't you print a QR code for your mailing list in your comic? And I went, Oh yeah. I wish I'd have thought of that. <laughs> what, why don't I? <laughs> yeah. Why don't I? Because I'm dumb. That's why. <laughs> So yeah, that's there's awesome. uh, you know that's one of the great things about I mean, and I'm sure uh, Madeline and and Kevin can talk to this too, but the indie comic community is so wonderful and so supportive of everybody in the community. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's a really great community because it's we all want each other to succeed, and we want more voices in mm-hmm. the indie comic community. You know if. If you're out there and you're listening to this podcast and you're saying, you know, well, I would like to make a comic, well, do it, make it. Yeah. We we want to yeah. see your comic. We need to see your comic. The world needs it, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, that's that's just one of the great things about the indie comics community. So, uh, reach out to other creators and chat. I mean, it's one of the uh, really great uh, benefits of you know the wisdom of everybody else, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I prefer to make all new mistakes instead of the mistakes that everybody else has made. Right. (laughs) You're a trailblazer in that way. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I I have the added advantage of, of I can go have lunch with Charlie Stickney. Yeah. (laughs) I I think that he might say he has the added advantage of going and having lunch with you as well. I don't think that, I don't think that's a river only going one direction. Uh, I, I, I I definitely owe him a lunch. Um, but yeah, he is, he is a tremendous resource and, Mm -hmm. uh, and though this is my 12th campaign, I'm still (laughs) learning stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's always evolving, which is why you're seeing new things. It's like, I've never done variant covers before because I always, I'm never like, why would people want variant? I don't understand. But they want them. So mm-hmm. let's make them happy. And I said, mm-hmm. well, metal is pretty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's let's do metal and but just do a very small. I mean, I have 25. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's never, ever going to be any more. Nice. And there's going to be a limited amount of these variants as well. Mm-hmm. So once they're ordered and they're gone, they're gone. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, yeah, so I just, uh, you got to be waiting to see if somebody cancels. I, I actually, <laughs> on, I think it was a year ago or so on one of Charlie's campaigns, I missed one of, yeah, I, I was working in the morning when he launched and you know, Charlie's campaigns are his 200 yeah. uh, metal covers were gone in like eight minutes. And, uh, I was like, Oh, I missed it, whatever. And then, uh, I noticed that that thing that had been sold out had one left. So I think somebody canceled on it. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like, particularly if you're interested in stuff like that, 
the last three days, if you miss something, just kind of hover around because someone's going to cancel and it might be the thing that you want because there's a lot of movement in those last three days. So up, down, sideways, every which way. And, you know, there's there's going to be some level of attrition from uh, credit cards. You know, some cards are going to go through. Mm -hmm. So, you know, those whatever if, if those happen to be for those reward tiers then you know those are going to go back into the circuit yeah those the are going to end up on on backer hit yeah exactly yeah that's or the equivalent whatever you decide mm-hmm. to use yeah. since now yeah. kickstarter is aligned with pledge box pledge manager is it pledge manager or pledge box i don't it's one of the two uh, yeah <laughs> pledge something <laughs> you're right they contacted me and i'm and i'm like Okay, this yeah. is interesting, and it's like, I, yeah, it's really interesting. I do think that Kickstarter was. This is my outside of. I have no inside information, but I think they were super happy to have Backer Kit just take a little stress off of them and make their money. And then Backer Kit started a crowdfunding site, and Kickstarter <laughs> said, "Okay, we're we're going to. This is yeah. a fight now. So it'll be." Yeah very interesting and it could be very good for creators to have two people competing on price and um quality so it's yeah, yeah. We, we had that with crowdox and backer kit and backer kit bought crowdox so it'll be interesting to see <laughs> uh whether a big fish uh eats a little fish or or they kiss and make up and backer kits crowdfunding goes away i don't know what'll what'll happen but it'll be interesting to see yeah well yeah I, and it's it, I'm sorry. It's all good. It's good for us because it's competition. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I know Tyler James was talking about they had approached him too through Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. And I think he was going to give them a a shot. Yes. Nice. Yeah. 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 Uh, The the C is for Cthulhu brand is they're 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 going to take a a gamble on the C is C for Cthulhu (laughs) brand making them money. So I think Pledge Manager (laughs) might have uh, made a good gamble there. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Well, I really appreciate you guys coming, especially the first 20 minutes where I was running around trying to like grab (laughs) Wi-Fi and put it in my computer. Um, I I promised you guys 45 minutes and because I've made everything long, it's about an hour. Uh, Can we do another 30 second pitch on the the comics in case somebody um, is just a just coming on come coming home after a wee bit a wee bit of the brown stuff and uh turn on their computer wes if if they weren't here and they're coming past your 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 booth tomorrow how would you uh tell them to get interested in hard justice sure hard justice when criminals rise up to take control of the city two street level heroes saint and rex decide to take matters into their own hands the hard way it's Lethal Weapon meets Double Dragon. You can find us at www.hardjusticecomic.com. You, you, nice. You might have spent that three months do, doing some work, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing this a year before I could even get close to that. Well done. That is really good. Madeline, uh, Boston Metaphysical and Pikes Peak uh, specific. How would you uh, get somebody um, at a convention? Sure. It's uh, when the team is fleeing arrest from Boston, they go to the only safe haven they possibly have right now, which is Tesla's experimental station in Colorado Springs. There they meet Tesla's most unlikely partner, Mayhew Chow, a scientist from Great House Chow in California. But life gets more complicated when an attempt is made on Tesla's life and Caitlin's psychic abilities take a dangerous turn. Awesome. Cannot wait to read both of these. Um, uh, a new volume and brand new comic. Uh, thank you guys for uh, spending St. Patty's with us. Uh, thank uh, you. Madeline, you're out there on the West Coast. You can, you can go out and party. I'm going to bed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but Wes, great to meet you. Everybody was in the chat. Nice Joey, Shawnee, really yep. appreciate coming up. All. And uh, Will, uh, next week, should we wear our Flash shirts, uh, Batman, Wonder wow. Woman? What are we doing? I will we'll talk about it after. So it'll be a surprise. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. Thank Good night. you. Good night. Thank you all.